Hello, my name is Perpetual Boafo. Welcome to Grade 10 Career Studies at King's Christian Collegiate in Oakville, Ontario, Canada. Welcome to Another Day in God's Story. This is the Every Square Centimeter Podcast, a project of Christian Schools Canada. And we are charged up to have you join us as we tour this beautiful country we call Canada, celebrating and finding inspiration in the people, places, and practices in and around Christian education. I know it was a while ago, but when we last checked in on our virtual tour of Canada, just before we sat around the campfire for some burning questions, we spent some time at Edmonton Christian School's Northeast Campus with Liz Rachel. As we learned that cups and goblets are not the same, at least when it comes to a game and Justin and Darren are being competitive. That Edmonton Mall has a lake in it. We learned that the profound impact that prayer has had on Liz's career path. We learned how to use a math lesson as an opportunity to serve sandwiches at the Mustard Seed Church. And we learned that buses are for doing field work, not field trips. It was a treat visiting with Liz Rachel. So go and listen. Tell other educators about it. But today, we're calling our group a core. That's C-O-R-P-S, core, all right, in Oakville. So I'm going I'm to guess perpetual, an Oakvillian core? That sounds maybe correct. I like it. Oakvillian. <laughs> Oakvillian. All right, I love it. Uh, get to know our core. We're going to start our podcast with the name segment. My name is Jeremy Horlings from the Prairie Center for Christian Education, or PCCE, and alongside me from the Society of Christian Schools in British Columbia, or SCSBC, is Mr. My Cat Lucy Doesn't Call Me Owner, She Calls Me Staff, Darren Speaksma. Hey, Cor. Hey. Hey, Darren. Darren. Darren, tell us something about your name. That's the prompt for today. Tell us something about your name. That's a great prompt. Could go a bunch of different ways, but today I think I'm going to actually tell you um, what I would have been named if I was a girl. Ooh. Can we My take guesses? Were um, no, I'm not giving you any guesses. Okay. I'm just going to mm. tell you, so because that could be painful, but. Um, my parents were obviously in the mood for a D because they said if I was a girl, I was going to be named Darlene. Mm, yeah. So that's what I would have been named had I been a girl. Do they nice. have similar meetings, Darren and Darlene? Like they're similar in, in sounds. You know if they have no similar idea. Meetings? Okay. Do you know what Darren means? No. Okay. Mm. Uh, that's something that we, we should look up, find out mm. next podcast. I think F- from advance in Eastern Canada, we have a guy. Let's just say. Has a lot of pet baggage. Justin Cook. Hey, Canada. Oh, Canada. Canada. Uh, Justin, maybe before you, you tell us about something about your name, maybe you can give us an update. Uh, last we left off, we were really grappling with whether or not to get a pet. So where are we at? Well, I've been grappling with the family pressure mm-hmm. relentlessly bearing down on me to get a pet. But I'm staying strong. Uh, did I did I tell you I we house or we uh, babysat my sister's dog? So nope. that went well. Okay. Um, minus the three yellow pea stains in our backyard <laughs> after he left. But uh, no, no dog in the cookhouse. Okay. First off, 
can, do you, are you sure it's the dog stains? Because you created basically a watering hole in your backyard. Is, are you sure there's not one of the many other animals that you're attracted to your fish pond? It's a good point. They were not close to the pond, and I am making an inference based on the proximity okay. of this, the, the stains appearing and the dog being back there. Okay. So just for the record, I am pro uh, family on this one. I'm, I'm trying to put the pressure on you. So Justin, tell me uh, something about your name. All right. Well, like Darren, I could go many different directions with this as well. And for those of you listening from New Westminster uh, and know my parents, Hugh and Judy Cook, who immigrated there, there's a somewhat infamous family story about my dad's name there. But we're, we're not going to go there today, Jeremy. <laughs> it's a campfire well, episode, maybe. That's right. Maybe some other time. Uh, I'm going to mention something about my middle name, which I quite like. So my middle name is Manuel. Um like almost like Spanish Manuel and people ask me if it has kind of a, a Hispanic origin, but actually it's because my birthday's on December 19 and my birth announcement from my parents said, because he was born at the time of Christ, his name is Justin Manuel cook. So pretty cool. I like that about my name. Very cool. Glad we asked. Mm -hmm. Um, as we heard off the top, we are honored to be welcomed virtually into King's Christian Collegiate by Perpetual Boafo. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Perpetual. Tell us something about your name. Well, first and foremost, yes, my name is Perpetual, like the word. Uh, so I guess that means I'm expected to live a very long life because it is everlasting. Um, but yeah, my mom heard the name when she was young, um, as a Ghanaian woman um, on public transit there, um, she saw another woman named Perpetual and thought that she was very beautiful and thought, do you know what? I'm going to name my daughter that. Um, one interesting fact is that some people may assume that all my siblings have unique names because mine is, but actually I'm the only one with a very unique name. So... Uh, just to give you a reference, my oldest sister is Bernice, and then I'm number two. My brother after me is Victor, and the last one we all named as Matthew. So <laughs> I guess that means that I'm the most special one in yeah, the family. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I, I must say, Perpetual, when I created the uh, document for our storyboard today, it said Perpetual Podcast. And I thought our listeners that uh, don't like the length of our podcast aren't going to be excited <laughs> to hear true, that we have a Perpetual Podcast. Sorry. Today, so. Hey, uh, Jeremy, I got an update. I did okay. some Google searching. Okay, what do we got? I've got Darren as a masculine given name of uncertain etymological origins. Some theories state that it originated from an anglicization of the Irish first name Darach, or dare, meaning oak tree. Okay. Hey, tie into Oakville. It's all coming full circle <laughs> wow. here. Wow. Look at that. That is I was going to say, I wish my female name was Perpetual and not Darlene, but that's just me. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So my name, uh, nothing you know, too significant. My The meaning of my name is gift from God. So Darren, I, I'm not sure. That feels pretty strong. Gift from God. Uh, oak tree, I don't know. I think an oak <laughs> tree is pretty strong, just for the record. Maybe an oak tree is a gift from God. Have you ever considered that? <laughs> uh, if you're on Instagram or Twitter, tell us something interesting about your name at every square centimeter. 
And for the second half of our opening square, we have our host choose from a variety of segments that all rhyme with aim. We've had shame. We've had flame. We've had lots of games. But today, Perpetual has chosen the segment. Oh, Perpetual, can you do a, a drum roll? Frame. <laughs> yes. All right. For the frame part of our podcast, this is something that maybe frames our day, a text, a practice, a devotion that invites us into God's story. So maybe we'll start off, Justin, what do you got for a a frame recommendation? Yeah, I love this prompt, Perpetual. Thanks for choosing it. Uh, For me, I get a daily devotion from Richard Rohr, uh, which I very much appreciate reading every day. It's incredibly thoughtful and and moves me into a a deep sense of, of meaning and gratitude for the day. In terms of school, um, I, I'm pretty excited that a number of elementary schools here in Ontario have picked up on responsive classroom, and you guys know that I'm passionate about uh, that structure for social-emotional learning. And I just love the fact that a morning meeting invites uh, students to participate in a devotion as a rhythm or a liturgy of greeting and sharing and activity and message, as opposed to, I think, what we all inherited, which is you know, teachers feeling like they have to give a little mini sermon every morning. Um, so m- much more engaging, much more participatory uh, as with devotions as morning meeting. Very cool. Darren, what you got? Yeah, sure, Jeremy. I definitely went to classroom when I saw this prompt and um, spending most of my time teaching middle school. The morning is not necessarily full of joy and bliss for eighth grade students as they enter the classroom on any given morning. Uh, So as part of an opening circle, we got into the routine of a word or phrase of gratitude for God. And it could be anything. It could be my puppy. It could be anything, but just frames how we're beginning the day in a, in a state of gratitude. Appreciate the answer. Appreciate you, uh, Dropping puppy reference again for Justin, just to put a little more extra pressure on there again. Uh, Perpetual. Yeah. um, For me, I found that I am always on the go. So using my mornings to recenter, refocus, um, even though sometimes I'm still thinking about my to-do list for the day. Um, it's, It's just something that I find really, really calming and... Um, and that's why I chose it because it really does frame my day. Mm-hmm. Um, so ones that I've been using, um, I like the daily bread because it's audio and then I can just play it in the car as I'm going. Um, and I've also come to really enjoy the Lectio because I like how it has the morning and the evening. So, mm-hmm. um, even though in the middle of the day, I can get all consumed with what I'm doing, um, my to-do list. Um, I like that it recenters me back at the end of the day and kind of draws me back to remember what was talked about in the morning. So mm. those two yeah. have been really good for me um, in this season of my life. How early in the morning perpetual are you up to do the frame? Are you a super early morning person? Uh, <laughs> I try to be super early, <laughs> um, but most likely between six thirty and seven is when I'm playing these. So cool. Yeah. Love that. Uh, thank you. Perpetual. Um, mine is, uh, yeah, something we I've been doing with my kids at home. I have kids ages six to, to 14 and definitely probably I would say that this resource, um, is maybe more aged 
six to 10, so grade ones to you know grade fours maybe. Um, and it's a book called Imaginative Prayer by Jared Patrick Boyd. Uh, he talks about this idea that a children's spiritual formation is rooted in the imagination. Mm-hmm. And so we need to lead our kids through guided times of imaginative prayer that uh, they can read spiritual experiences with God. So the, the idea is that the kids, so I've tried this with my own kids, is uh, I read a story and the story that, that, are, that are in this book uh, tells you, close your eyes, um, imagine this, um, breathe, uh, take eight second stops right here so they can think about the question you've posed to them, but it's all in silence as the reader just reads through the stories. And it's got a bunch of resources. So teachers as well, I could really see this being a great resource. Um, it's got some liturgies. It's got questions to follow up with. Uh, so I could actually see the book being used as almost a full year mm-hmm. of, um, of a resource for for primary kids. So Excellent. Listeners, we would love to hear your devotional practices and let us, uh, yeah, let us know through our email, through Twitter, um, pass them on. We'd love to hear more ideas out there. Thank you, Perpetual, for that segment choice. You're most welcome. All right. We're going to transition from our opening square to the part of our podcast where we learn a little bit about places in Canada and celebrate the people and practices in Christian education. But before we do, Here's a short teacher story from a sponsor we're excited to have on board, Edudeo. Hi, my name is Melanie DeYoung, and I teach at Timothy Christian School in Hamilton, Ontario, alongside my colleague Colton Wolf. Last year, our grade 8 classes wanted to raise awareness and funds to support Edudeo Ministries and its work to advance Christ-centered education for girls in Zambia. We created our own fundraising event, But because of COVID restrictions, we needed to pivot. Enter Edgideo Go School Edition. While learning from home, students were able to digitally log their activity over a period of two weeks, and donations could easily be made via Edgideo's website. This was the easiest activity-based program I have ever been involved in with my class. My students learned how they can have an impact on the lives of girls they don't even know. We look forward to participating again. Want to get involved with Edgideo Go School Edition? Contact Lori Koning by emailing schools at edgideo.com. As we heard off the top, Perpetual teaches at King's Christian Collegiate in Oakville, Ontario, Canada. Justin, can you tell us a little bit about Oakville? Which I should say... Sounds like one of the more pleasant places to live, mm-hmm. Oakville. It just has a nice, mm-hmm. pleasant sound. So, Justin, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about Oakville? Like an ominous, pleasant sound? Like no. Pleasantville? Or? <laughs> no, no. The meaning of Darren's name has some ominous pieces to it. <laughs> right, but this, right. just pleasant. Truly idyllic. Well, it's true. I'll, I'll prove it in a second. So, a land acknowledgement. Oakville is rich in the history and modern traditions of many First Nations and the Métis. From the lands of the Anishinaabe to the Attawandaran, the Haudenosaunee, and the Métis, these lands surrounding the Great Lakes are steeped in Indigenous history. As we gather today on these treaty lands, we are in solidarity with Indigenous brothers and sisters to honor and respect the four directions, lands, waters, plants, animals, and ancestors that walk before us, and all of the wonder ele- wonderful elements of creation that exist. We acknowledge and thank the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation for being stewards of this traditional territory. And I know we don't want to 
timestamp this, but September 30 is coming. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're just excited um, that this ties into a recognition of our desire for truth and reconciliation. So as we normally do, uh, team, we're going to look at some interesting details about Oakville. And I actually have to apologize to my fellow Ontarians. Episode one was Hamilton from from Ontario. The next one was Burlington. Now we're in Oakville. We're slowly just creeping towards Toronto, but I promise we'll go further afield soon enough. Mm. Um, I just, I knew we wanted Perpetual to join us in this episode. So, so first of all, in 1827, William Krishlm bought 960 acres of land at an auction. And that is what is now Oakville today. Anybody want to guess what William paid in 1827 for the 960 acres of Oakville? Two pounds. Is that the right unit? It's not the right unit. And I'm guessing it's not the right... uh, the currency and the amount is uh, okay. 0 for 2 uh, for Darren, but okay. I appreciate his, his attempt. I'll go with uh, $100. Perpetual? It, you want to get? I'm going to say a little bit more. I'm hoping it's a little bit more. So I'm going to go up to 1000 Well, Perpetual as the uh, Oakvillian. Did <laughs> oh, I get yeah. that yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Gets it right. It, it's $4,116. Ooh. So nice work, prime, Perpetual. Prime real estate here in Oakville. Wow. Uh, back to your earlier point, Jeremy. Oakville is considered the safest town to live in in Canada. For 14 years running, wow. it's got the lowest overall crime rate of Canada. That is pleasant. Cool. That is pleasant. Exactly. That is pleasant. I don't know what you guys think of this. I was intrigued to, to know this because I'm not that far away. But Environment Canada, Environment Canada suggests that Oakville has the best climate in hmm. Canada. What? The perfect amount of precipitation and the ideal number of days with sub-zero temperatures. Wow. Perpetual, what do you think? Do you know what? We do have some beautiful weather. Okay. So, but I didn't know it was the best. I didn't know it was the best. (laughs) I I did not know Oakville was the best. I knew Red Deer wasn't. (laughs) I would like to establish that no days of sub-zero temperatures is optimum. (laughs) So I don't know who these Environment Canada people are, but uh, I <laughs> would like go. to question some of their criteria. <laughs> Spoken like an ocean coaster. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, three Olympic gold medalists find their home in Oakville. Uh, it's a quiz day, guys. Anyone want to try? Can you give me a sport? Or no? I, I only know the sport of two of them. I can <laughs> guess the I've never sport, heard of not before. the person. I'll go, yeah, I'll go for it. What do you got? Yeah, go Maybe for rowing? It. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Because I know they have a lot of that in the, the area. The hint is it's a Dutch name. Oh, um, I know this. but I, <laughs> It's going to start with a van, at least. Adam Vancouverden. Yeah, see, van. Oh, yeah. I was right. <laughs> he was nice. like a superstar for quite a long time. Yeah, the yeah, fact that good. yeah, yeah, if you know his name, that means it, he was a rowing superstar. All right, from track and field, another one is as or more well known, in my opinion. De uh, Grasse, too no. young. Bailey. Yeah, nice. Perpetual Ooh. Donovan Bailey. Oh, wow. <laughs> and apologies, Larry Kane. If you're out there, I don't know who you are, and I'm so sorry. But Larry Kane is the third gold medalist uh, to live in Oakville. I am so. so glad Perpetual did not choose game for the segment because she would have beat us bad in any <laughs> trivia. She's crushing already, yeah. for sure. 
All right. Last uh, interesting fact about Oakville. I had no idea about this one. Perpetual, I'm curious if you've heard of this place. If I use the phrase or the location Hopedale Mall, does any recreational activity come to mind? Ooh, Hopedale. No. And again, okay. I'm adopted into Oakville. So. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Well, Hopedale Mall is home to one of the oldest five pin bowling alleys in Ontario. That seems worth mentioning. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big five pinner myself. Ooh, I'm a 10 pin bowler. Uh, when I moved from. Uh, the States to Canada, and I saw five pins. I was like, what are these people doing? They're missing half their <laughs> pins. But anyway, uh, there you go, Hopedale Mall, and there you go, Oakville. Even their malls are pleasant, like their names, Hopedale. Hopedale. Like, yeah. I, I'm moving to Oakville. I, hey, um, great climate, great climate. Jeremy. I've heard. I've heard. I don't think that Larry's listening, but just for the record. Oh, you found um, it. 1984, Los Angeles. He uh, did very well in canoeing. Oh, I was going to say pole vault. Oh. So just an FYI, just shout out to um, the rowing canoeing teams in Canada. Mm-hmm. Perpetual, they, do you have any idea where these people are learning how to row and canoe so well? Or oh, I just had a student that was in competitive rowing. Um, he graduated last year and huh. he was part of, yeah, a training camp. Um, I'm not sure of the exact location. But I have heard of many people coming up to practice. Cool. Well, that's Oakville team. Perpetual, uh, how did you end up in such a pleasant place? Yes. So, <laughs> like I said, I was kind of adopted into Oakville. Um, it was actually where my husband lived for many years. So, he would probably kill the questions way more than. I did. Although I have been paying um, attention, I've been good. I've been a good wife, so that's yeah. how I'm able to answer <laughs> some of these. Um, but yes, he lived here long before, um, and then before. So after getting married, uh, we actually settled ourselves in Waterdown, which is in Hamilton area. Although I, I kind of wish it was in Burlington because I spend most of my time there. We're kind of on the border, um, but. Yeah, I, we're in Waterdown right now. Um, and I found myself coming back to Oakville because of King. So I make that commute every day, but it honestly feels like I'm just going five minutes down the street. So yeah, it's been, it's been good. It's been pleasant being in Oakville and nice. I've really enjoyed it so far. Great. Uh, why don't you tell us what's the favorite thing about Oakville? Yeah, I love how diverse it is. I love that you can go there and experience different things. Um, it's not hard to find, you know, a really good Thai restaurant or a really good Indian restaurant or um, go to the local uh, shop. There's a lot of small mom and pop shops there as well. Um, little boutiques. Downtown Oakville is gorgeous. The water, um, we're, we're by Lake Ontario, so we're blessed to have that water right there. Um, yeah, there's just so much richness, and you can see the history there as well. Um, so those are all little things that I really enjoy about being there. And it, it does carry with it um, a sense of pride when people are from there. They're very proud to say that I'm from Oakville. So, yeah. Great. Uh, what about your school? Tell us about your school. 
Yeah, so like Oakville, Kings is very diverse and we're blessed to have that catchment area um, come into our school. We actually just celebrated our 20th anniversary this year uh, since the doors opened. And uh, Kings has really become a second home to me. Um, I honestly feel like I've been teaching there my whole life. Um, I'm going into year five, but I do feel like I've been there much longer. And it's just because I work with amazing people and we really are able to do great things for our students. So I'm very happy to be there. How many students there perpetual? Do you know? Ooh, we're very close to 700. Not quite. Cause I know, um, if we could allow more students in with, in terms of space, uh, we would, but oftentimes, um, our admissions director has a difficult job of having to turn mm-hmm. students away. Mm-hmm. This is a shout out to one of our listener comments. Uniforms or no uniforms? We do have uniforms. Okay. okay. There you there go. We, go. Nice. we do. What's your favorite place in the school, Perpetual? And why maybe? Yeah, I would say one of the places walking into the building that really catches your attention is that atrium. It's right mm-hmm. when you walk in, very open space. Um, and that's where you get the vibrancy of the school. So when we were remote last year and, you know, a bit of the year before, uh, coming into the building on times, it it just felt empty. And without those students and teachers there, um, this year, we're so blessed to be able to be together and you get that vibrancy again. That's where students eat lunch. That's where students gather. Um, that's where we host some events. So it's just the heart of the school. And I really do love that place. Perpetual uh, collegiate uh, is, is not something like we don't use that language in, in many of our schools uh, in the area. So do you want to just help me? So it's called King's Christian Collegiate, uh, what collegiate refers to? Um, I believe, again, I'm not an expert in this. So um, I'm just assuming that the collegiate part of it is the academic excellence that we try to strive for um, within the school. Um, We do hold ourselves to a higher, a high standard. Um, And one thing, if you are talking to an administrator from the school, they would say that we hire expert teachers. So um, teachers that are familiar in their craft, comfortable in their craft to offer our high school students um, a wholesome education. Perpetual, uh, you've talked about the amazing colleagues you have and whether it's a colleague or a teacher that inspired you growing up, just talk about a, a, a teacher who's really inspired your own work. Yeah, um, I would say growing up, I had teachers that really believed in me and um, saw that you know this profession of being a teacher was something that I should really consider. Um, they thought that at a young age, I had, you know, some leadership qualities that they saw and felt that if this was a path I was willing to take, it would be something that, um, I would really enjoy. So I'm glad for, uh, my grade seven teacher. It was, uh, she actually came in to cover a supply, um, as a supply teacher. And she was there for a long period of time and Mm. she just, really fed into me, um, really encouraged me a lot. So it was at that stage that I started to build up more and more confidence. 
And then again, when I was in grade 12, actually, um, my religion class, um, I had a teacher that, you know, told me of different schools that I could apply to for teachers college and, you know, help was a great reference for me. And along the way, I've been blessed to have really good references speak on my behalf and speak into my life. Um, that I'm just so honored for because, mm. you know, it's like on their shoulders, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Perpetual. I love that. Uh, shout out to all the supply or substitute teachers out there that, mm. that have a yeah. voice, even if it's who knows how long they're in a classroom, but um, they have a voice in kids' lives. So yes. I, that's such a neat story. Um, you mentioned that you are, have been at this school for five years. Is, is that the extent of uh, your involvement in Christian education or have you been in part of Christian education for, for longer than that? Yeah. So as a child, I never attended like a private Christian education school. Um, I, my parents enrolled me in Catholic school. So I was in Catholic my whole life. Um, and then I just went to a secular university, shout out to Nipissing University up in North mm-hmm. Bay, anyone who's nice. been there. Um, and then it was after, so um, after Teachers College, I went off to England to teach, um, London, England. And after two years, I came back and that was when I was exposed to Christian education. So I'd always kind of heard of it. Um, but that was when I started working at Christian school. So it wasn't at King's. I was at another school before, um, for about six, seven years. And then I came to King's. It's pretty cool to hear you talk perpetual about the way the call of Christian education seemed quite clear to you already at a pretty young age. And, uh, I find that inspiring and exciting and, um, you know, the fact that you're doing such amazing things in education is evidence that it was the right call and that people, you know, you talk about standing on the shoulders of people after you. I, they spoke powerfully and truthfully, I guess, is what I'm seeing. And I love that. Given that call and given that sense of place in education, would you articulate a purpose that you have in, you know, what kind of story are you inviting uh, students into or a deep hope as an educator give us some sense of your personal mission as a teacher I always think about this um you know my why for what I'm doing and I'm very passionate about that light bulb moment and I'm sure many teachers speak of this you know having that light bulb moment for their students where they are um engaged in what they're learning um I'm also passionate about creating spaces through um, diversity and inclusion where students can feel safe in my class. Um, so, you know, it's been on the forefront in these past couple years, but one thing that really stood out to me as a student was being seen and um, mm-hmm. being able to have a voice in my class and having teachers that encouraged me. And that all I felt was part of, you know, a teacher's awareness of diversity and inclusion, which made me felt like I belonged there. Mm. So I want to do the same thing for my students. I want them to feel like they also belong in my classroom. They can be comfortable to be themselves. And um, yeah, in that way, they can achieve greatness because there's nothing really holding them back. Well, Perpetual, you're getting me excited. I want to tie two ideas and maybe ask for a story because you talked earlier on when you were talking about your school, mm-hmm. how you do great things for, for students. 
And then you're talking about diversity and inclusion, belonging, and everything that's wrapped up in being seen as an image bearer. And I, like, do you have a story that could kind of encapsulate how that all comes together in the lives of students or in a particular student? I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but yeah. if you have a story that you could share with us, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, that's honestly, when I think back, sometimes I have to journal because Mm -hmm. these just happen so quickly, Mm -hmm. so often, and I can easily just think, oh, it's just another day. But um, Mm -hmm. when students come back and say, thank you, um, then that's when you realize the impact that you actually had. So um, I'd say just speaking of my experience here at King's, um, being part of a cultural connections group where Students were able to come together and really uh, share experiences, learn from one another. Um, You know, we hope to bring back some things that were, you know, pre-COVID, like getting an opportunity to share food and, you know, things like that, that really bring us together. Um, In my classroom, I like to offer opportunity for students to share their stories. Um, And, you know, even just simple things like, what does Christmas look like at home for you? What does Thanksgiving look like for you? Um, We all carry our own traditions with us and that's what makes us the people that we are. But that's the beautiful thing about us being image bearers of God. God has made us all unique in the way that we are with our cultures. And I love celebrating that because Mm -hmm. I believe that's the world that God intended for us to have. That's awesome. Perpetual, I'm privy to some of your work, of course, because we've interacted on the, on some of this in the past, and, mm-hmm. and I'm going to kind of out you for your leadership role uh, in this regard. Um, no problem. So I think King's Christian Collegiate, from my vantage point, has done an amazing job of really trying to let its teachers fly with their professionalism and their passion, their, that intersection. And I think you, and especially in collaboration with Eric Boltice, your colleague Eric, mm-hmm. have really done that. And I'm wondering if you could just describe in more detail some of the work you did, you have been doing with Eric, but then extend that into the advanced affiliation. How have you been asked to take that to, to be a leader in racial redemption and reconciliation yeah. um, beyond just Kings? Yeah, so I'm fortunate to have, yeah, like you said, the great colleague I have, Eric, um, who has been a humble person, almost too humble sometimes. I'm like, you have a voice, go ahead and be with me. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Almost wanting to just let me speak, but he is so wise in what he says as well. Um, but yeah, just bringing out the Christianity of diversity and they're not two separate things. They're synonymous mm-hmm. to each other. Um, they work together um, very beautifully. Um, so that work with speaking with, we had the opportunity to speak with school leaders and just encourage them to really support their staff, um, create opportunities for conversation um, amongst their staff. Um, We have a diversity team at King's where we've been focusing on curricular activities for our, our teachers, helping them to think, you know, outside the box, where can I create this space in my classroom? for students to share um, parts of their diversity and create that inclusion to create a a whole sense of belonging. Um, And I like that, you know, diversity plus inclusion equals belonging. It's hard Mm -hmm. to just have one in order Mm -hmm. to create Mm -hmm. belonging, right? They need to feel a sense of 
uh, voice, although they could be visible there. Some things are visible, some are not, but they can be visibly diverse. But then without feeling included, that belonging is gone. So giving student voice has been very impactful. And that's something that we've also shared with Advance. Um, we continue to work with Advance. Um, hopefully this year we'll get more opportunities to just you know, continue the conversation because we had great conversations last year mm. and um, we were blessed for the, all the people that were able to join us. We're grateful for your leadership for sure. You're welcome. That's Thank great. Perpet- yeah, great. Um, there's a few times there where I wanted to, you know, shout amen and tell you to keep <laughs> going, sister. So it's, uh, I love it. Um, and we get excited when we listen to you, but I'm also wise enough to know that uh, the story you share with enthusiasm is complex. Mm-hmm. Um, what's probably, can you tell us a little bit about what the hardest part of that journey yeah. has been like I'm sure there's a lot of things and they come at you at different ways at different times but is there something that you could sort of say just be prepared like this yeah. is this is a hard part that's worth doing but this is a hard part it's it is um you need the it's kind of like that stamina that you uh you need running the race um it's not a short race mm-hmm. um it's one that definitely takes time. Um, you need grace, you need patience. Um, but unfortunately sometimes people are not able to see past, um, whether it be, you know, I don't want to get into politics, but Mm -hmm. unfortunately that sometimes comes into this. Um, and it's not about it. We just need to strip it down to being human and being God's children, which we are all called to be. Um, when we think about that as the foundation for what we are doing, then it shouldn't be difficult. Um, so unfortunately, some of the challenges have been trying to remind people um, of what Christ really taught us. And, you know, that human aspect that we all have and our ability to just love beyond the surface. Um, yeah, I think I think mm. that's that's been some of the challenge. but. We continue to pray for God's grace um, in this. And I think hearts are being touched one at a time. It's not mine to, you know, chisel away at, but I know that God is is working in this. Maybe just a little bit more around that perpetual. How, how do you feel God working with you in this? How, how have you felt um, God walking alongside you in, in your role? Yeah, honestly, if you asked me a couple years ago if this would be a conversation that people would entertain, mm. I wouldn't. I would say no. I would. I wouldn't think that a lot of people um, would be interested in having the conversation. Uh, people would continue just going about their business this usual way. Um, but the fact that there has been so much interest, um, and I'm happy that the interest is growing in Christian spaces. I wish sometimes we were leading. And not necessarily being the followers of what society is doing, because that's not really correct either. Um, You know, they're coming at it from a very different angle. We need to come at it from a Jesus angle and what Christ tells us to do. Um, But the fact that people are having the conversation and we can really sense the love there behind them, the same way we care for our students in front of us to make sure that they reach their academic goals, 
is the same way that we need to make sure that all of our students feel a sense of belonging mm. in order to do that. Yeah, that's amen for sure. Perpetual, this is kind of putting you on the spot too, but I'm, is there a, you know, a biblical section or passage that you, you find yourself returning to as kind of a core foundational text when mm. you think about professional conversation or you know, setting the stage for your students to feel like diversity plus inclusion equals belonging? Is there any, is there any biblical text that really kind of it becomes foundational for you in any of this? Hmm. I don't know if it's necessarily per se to me leading students with diversity, but I would say the story of Esther always reminds me of my role and, you know, times Mm. where I feel like I really can't go about and do this. It's bigger than me. Um, I'm reminded of her and just her will, her trusting in God just Mm. to take control and, you know, letting him, manage the situation. So um, just as in the same way how she had to do that, I often remind myself that I'm just the vessel and God will carry out the work. So mm. as long as I remain grounded in that, that, you know, his will will be done. So um, that's just been one story for me that I often uh, it often just comes in my mind and I remember and like, okay, this could be my Esther moment. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's one for me. Mm, thanks for that. Yeah. Perpetual. Is there like, so Justin's calling upon maybe a, a story in scripture, maybe are there, are there resources that you lean on or as well, or advice for us? Uh, we are, you know, three white males um, leading learning in different areas of Canada. Do you have, advice for us or resources that our schools might be able to engage with? Yeah, I'm still like, I've read a lot this summer and the past summer. Um, I'm a little bit torn on some of the resources and I'm still finding resources that are Christ centered. Mm. Um, I have read a lot of secular things and there's, I have some critiques on some of what I've read Um, just with the tone, because I feel like with such an important topic um, we need to come at it from love um, and that's what's going to get the heart you know to change or to think about these things in the way that we should um, I did hear a podcast I will try to find it for you and maybe we can share it with our listeners um, via a link after um, but it was a difficult Again, they were going back more so to the heart um, and to the core of the person. And I did feel like there was grace involved. So that mm-hmm. is a podcast that I would recommend for people to listen to um, mm-hmm. because that's closest to what I think we need to be doing, especially as Christian leaders in this space. Um, but one thing I would say is just talk to people. Um get up, you know, maybe expand our circles and have a conversation with people because that is your free, um, you know, way of getting to understand and hear different narratives. Unfortunately, if we rely on Hollywood or, you know, TV, we're not getting the real, the real story. So mm-hmm. have conversations mm-hmm. with people because people are willing to share and that's what really will allow you to understand, you know, some of the stories that are, that are going on. Well, 
thank you so much for allowing us to have a conversation with you perpetual and joining us today definitely um, we're going to we're going to segue to what we call a kind of a celebration of learning time To be inducted into the esteemed Every Square Centimeter Celebration of Learners Gallery, which, by the way, you can find on our website at, if you uh, just Google Christian Schools Canada, or even Every Square Centimeter, uh, it will should pop up there. So we have a page there. Um, so I'd, I recommend you go take a look there. If, if, if you want to get on there, you need to gr- come on this show, talk just a little bit about something you're grappling with, and... We got to find one other person that writes something nice about you. And today that person is John DeBoer, principal at King's Christian Collegiate. Justin, I think you have a letter. I do. All right. Perpetual from John DeBoer. It is such a pleasure to have Perpetual at King's Christian Collegiate. I'm thankful for her humility and commitment to the purpose and vision of King's. I'm thankful for her hunger to grow and learn and I am thankful for her ability to work well with others. She has a great way of connecting. I would use words like loyal, reliable, honest, and open to describe perpetual. When we considered a diversity team to help our school focus on racial redemption, perpetual was an obvious choice, and she stepped up to the plate mightily. Perpetual is one of those people who, when you ask for them to help or to lead something, Yes is already being spoken before the question is fully asked. We are so grateful for her leadership at King's. Perpetual from John DeBoer. Wow. That is very touching. Um, I always say I want to hear words of um, praise and gratitude before I die. I don't want I don't want it to only be <laughs> at my funeral. So it's just, yeah. Thank you, John. Really, really appreciate it. And again, I said it before, and no one paid me. I really do love working at Kings. Um, yeah, thank you. Wow. Nice. Uh, Perpetual, if anyone wants to connect with you, how could they do that? Yeah. So I have email. Um, the best one would probably be um, pboafo at kingschristian.ca. Or they can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Perpetual Boafo, and either one works well. Listeners, we would love your involvement in our podcast as well. So email us at everysquarecentimeter, that's R-E at gmail.com. Tweet at us, send us a message on Instagram. And I just want to shout out Sarah Burt from Advance, who is doing a phenomenal job with our website and social media posts. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, yeah. If you haven't already, I'd like all of you to go back and listen to our latest podcast as Darren hosted our first ever campfire episode. We'd love to drop a campfire episode into your feed every once in a while, but that requires your help. Our campfire episode episodes are comprised of a hot topic segment, something that's got one of our hosts excited, intrigued, angry, and then a crossfire segment comprised of listeners burning questions. Nice. They can be really education school specific. For example, I'm pretty sure we solved the Christian school dress code issue last time. Yes, we did, just yep. for the record. Feel good and, about that. Yeah, in a minute 30, yeah. Or, <laughs> or they can far, be far more loosely connected. Uh, like, what hashtag do you want to start trending? And the answer is still hashtag pickled cucumbers. I think that's Ontario Mountains. Yeah. <laughs> 
really almost any topics connected with school at some level. So send us your burning questions and we'll pull up some stumps around the fire and provide all the answers. We've also got some other ideas for episodes this year. We got a big, big boss episode on the horizon and there have been rumors about connecting with some of our international uh, educators. But the main thing we are about is celebrating Christian educators like Perpetual. And so we'll continue to do that and we're excited to do that. In order to celebrate them, we ask you to rate, review, subscribe, whatever platform you use, and make it your mission this week to tell at least one friend or colleague about the podcast. All right. Before Darren sends us off with a blessing, I want to thank Perpetual for hosting our core. You're most welcome. Thank you. You are a wonderful host. Uh, and I have a, I'm curious, as we do with every episode, uh, what you guys think, what animal forms a core? Darren, what do you got? I'm going with ants, the whole army ants core. And I feel like ants live everywhere. And the last few times I haven't really gone with the regional and therefore been incorrect. So I'm going with ants. Yeah, the core goes marching one by one. Hurrah. Okay. Justin, what do you got? That's pretty good, Darren. I I like to connect there. Well, I know that on the shores of Lake Ontario here in Hamilton, we struggle with carp. And I'm wondering whether... The core of carp have been invading Oakville. Alliteration. That's That's what I do, guys. That's what Mm -hmm. I do. Perpetual, can you confirm that there are ants in Oakville, first of all? Uh, Yes. (laughs) The fact that Darren was regional, that's uh, already a good start. Uh, Perpetual, (laughs) what's your guess on core? I don't know if I'm right, but this animal I actually do not like at all. Um, raccoons. <laughs> we had raccoons. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, we've I had see raccoons. Them. Yeah. And, and do you have any bad raccoon stories? Ugh. Just a <laughs> raccoon like chasing me or coming oh, in yeah. my direction. Mm-hmm. And all I think is I don't want to have to get a rabies shot. Get away from me. I hear they hurt. Ugh. Yeah. So that might answer my random question, but the actual answer to the question uh, around what is core is that it is a, a flock of Canadian geese. Mm. A core. A flock. That was my backup. Yeah. So, hmm. uh, so a core of Canadian geese. And my random animal question then is what? So maybe I should back up. My sister, <laughs> who is I've I've talked about a couple times in the first episodes, is is quite afraid of birds, um, and birds that won't hurt her. And so my question for you is what herbivore or animal that you shouldn't be afraid of are you actually afraid of? And Perpetual, you, you've kind of already answered the yeah. question. Is it raccoons? raccoons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, have you had a bad raccoon? Like, you've never been bitten by a raccoon. No. You're just, yeah, okay. Just been close enough yeah. for me to scream. <laughs> yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, though, Jeremy. Weren't raccoons pretty high up on the biting list in Hamilton? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were fourth, I think, I believe. So um, it's a legit concern, mm-hmm. Perpetual. Yeah. It's legit. Well, yeah. <laughs> that, that was in Hamilton, though. I think the Oakville raccoons, I would guess, are a lot more pleasant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> the garbage is way, way better in Oakville. Do They're they, much happier. Do they have garbage in Oakville? Because I, <laughs> I'm imagining they do not. So <laughs> It's Pleasantville, right? There yes. is no garbage. That's what it feels Oakville. like to me. Totally. Justin, what uh, animal are you afraid of that you shouldn't be? Well... My son is able to pick up basically anything he finds, which I find pretty impressive. I just, I, you know, in all my years, I've never picked up a snake. 
They, oh, yeah. I know some of them are dangerous, but even I can identify a garter snake. Doesn't mean I'm going to pick it up. Not doing it. I, I apparently they're really smelly. So if you want oh. another excuse, apparently you have to. Your hands will smell quite bad. Okay. Good well, they know. they pee on you as an act of defense. Well, that could be a good mm. reason as to why. Could you use that to keep raccoons off your yard? Do, do snake urine count as? <laughs> does that count as? A predator urine? No? Okay. No, but I do actually, we have just installed a raccoon deterrent here at our house. It's these high-pitched things that emit, they're like motion-censored. And unfortunately, some people can hear them. So my son is like, oh, that thing is horrible. I'm like, he's part He's part raccoon. Yeah, it's really what you're learning. Darren, you got a, an animal you shouldn't be afraid of that you are? Well, I would first like to make the case that I should be afraid of it before um, I acknowledge. um, And I would like to go back to the Canadian, like the Canadian goose. Okay. Um, If you have ever been chased down and (laughs) pecked by or (laughs) smacked by um, the the wings of a Canadian goose, um, you learn that you should actually be afraid. Um, and just for the record, thanks to the young ladies in first year university who decided catching a goose with a blanket and dropping it in our dorm in the middle of the night. That's where I got to learn that lesson that I should actually be afraid of Canadian geese. So I have some life experience. Um, geese are worth Especially being afraid of. Especially if they're in your living room. Nice. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're just talking normal sized geese, though, not horse sized ducks, right? That's uh, yes. thinking back to Shannon's uh, Would You Rather. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a that's a form of flirtation, though, Darren. Right? I mean, it, it, I definitely it. yes, that's how we should have seen it. Uh, but uh, at the time, two o'clock in the morning, trying to get geese to go down the stairs, it was it was not a good time. Yeah, mine would be uh, would be bats. I I do not like bats at all, and uh, I have definitely a a great outdoors. Um, story that I basically dressed up like great outdoor John Candy trying to get a bat out of our house. So that's a longer story, but for another day. And yes, Darren, I would agree. They're also, you know, they're all, we should be afraid of them. Uh, the rabies thing perpetual, right? Like the yeah. raccoons and bats for sure. Right. And snakes. That's oh, sorry. Yes. Yes. Sorry. And geese. <laughs> those, those Dar- rabies those infested geese. Darren, uh, can you uh, redeem this segment with the blessing? <laughs> Yes. Um, so this is a blessing um, that I adapted from CatholicTeacherResources.com. God bless each classroom and all those who enter the doors. May the strength of its walls and the determination of the staff create brave spaces for all. Keep peace within and trouble without. Through its open windows and doors, let nature flow in and your voice of justice, mercy, joy, and peace flow out. May each learner be your presence in the life of the people they meet. Amen. Amen. Stay encouraged, educators. We want to thank Christian Schools Canada for sponsoring the podcast. Please know that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CSC, the schools of our guest, or any of our three regional organizations. Thanks for listening.